0: Welcome to the New Day Community Church Sermon Podcast. We hope you're encouraged by this message from the Vandalia, Michigan campus. For more info, look us up at newdaycommunity.org. Good to, to be here with you guys uh, again this morning. Um, so we are technically supposed to be starting a brand new series uh, today called... Um, What if we're wrong? Oh my goodness! <laughs> what if we're wrong? Uh, and it's an amazing series. It's going we are talking about some of the uh, the, the core uh, doctrines or theologies of Christianity. Talking about the Bible. Can, you know, why can we trust and believe the Bible? Is there? Can we believe that Jesus is who he said he is? Right? Can we? You know, the, there's a lot of confusion and talk about what really happened. You know, what is creation, seven days or a thousand years or, well, it's more than that probably. Anyway, so those are all really, really important. And Pastor Anthony is kicking that series off this morning at, at Nichols. And I super encourage you to to go. Uh, you can listen to it online uh, or on your podcast player of choice. You can listen to any of our sermon series uh, there. And so we're going to be continuing that starting next next week. But today, uh, uh, we are doing the, the final piece of our this little mini-series that I started last week, we're finishing up today, called Pursuing Community. And we are doing this in response to the message that Pastor Jimmy brought uh, in July, I think it was like July 21st. If you missed that, you can also find that on your podcast player of choice or at newdaycommunity.org. Um, and... As Jimmy was talking about that in the midst of our our, um, uh, What is Truth? What is Truth? series, um, there is just something on that. Right. There is something going on in there, and the Holy Spirit was speaking, as, as I listened to Jimmy's message after the fact, the Holy Spirit was saying something to me and saying something to many in our leadership, uh, That, and this is something that we want to run after. This is something that we value as, as a church, and we want to press into that, and so um, I... Uh, just decided to ask the Holy Spirit, asking, what should we do about this? And like, let's just press into this a little bit. And um, so we don't lightly uh, change our teaching series. We actually plan our series a year ahead of time. We know what we're teaching every week uh, for the, the, ne- the rest of the year. Uh, we'll begin planning out 2020 soon. Uh, and so this is kind of an audible, but I felt in my spirit, right, that this is something that, that we uh, should press into. And so last week, we talked about the, the Trinity. We talked about how God is eternally in community. That the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, eternally past, eternally future, are giving and receiving love from one another. And that, and that we were created, all of humanity is created in God's image. So at least one aspect of that image-bearing is that we were created to live in the context of community, right? And when we are in community, we actually flourish physically, emotionally, and spiritually, right? Because that is where we were created to be. But the fall broke that right? The, the fall bro, uh, brought corruption into our image bearing. There's now separation between God and man. There's separation between different people, right? And, and we see, when we talked about that last week, about how the fall broke apart community. What I want to look at today is how Jesus comes in and he, his main purpose, maybe I'll step back a little bit on that. One of his main purposes was to restore communion with God, to restore this community that God had created in the Garden of Eden before the fall. All right because as as we talked about we were made to be in communion right god looked down at adam before the fall and he and adam or maybe they're walking in the cool of the garden they're hanging out everything's good but he says it's not good that you're alone that's bonkers what are you talking about? What are you talking about It's not good? We're in perfect relationship, God. We're hanging out. We're naming animals. We're, you know, we're whatever it is we're doing here, right? This is great. No, but God wants us to be in community, not just with him, though that is vitally important, but with others, right? And so Jesus comes to restore community. And in John chapter 10, Jesus says, this. I'll skip that one. Don't worry about that. Jesus says this, John, and this is right after he says, I have come to bring you life and life to the full. Right, so just, this is three, four verses after that. Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me, just as the Father knows me and I know the Father. All right, we don't have time to dig into this, but we get to know Jesus as intimately and closely as Jesus knows the Father. That's amazing. And I imagine that they know each other pretty well. They've spent eternity getting to know one another. I don't know how that works. Anyway, <laughs> moving along. So just as the Father knows me and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice, and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. right, and so what's Jesus talking about? He is talking to to Jewish uh, people at this point, and he's saying there's other sheep that I need to bring in, right? There's Gentiles out there that that I need to, to bring into the one sheep pen. Right, And we see this even talked about. This is the the fulfillment of what God said to Abraham back in Genesis 12 and Genesis 15 and Genesis 19, that you, Abraham, and your descendants are going to be a blessing to every nation. Right? This is not just about the Israelites and God. This is about God and his, his redemption for the whole world. And so Jesus is out bringing everybody, Jew and Gentile, slave and free, man and woman, right into one sheep pen, mm. under one shepherd. And so Jesus is coming to build one flock. And we get to be part of that flock, of this new family that Jesus is creating, or that he's restoring, really. This new God-formed, God-centered, God-called community that Jesus is inaugurating here 2,000 years ago in Israel. We get to be part of this family, right? He came to, to create a family. And in this new community, what Jesus reveals is that uh, the new family that he's building, the people that are the God-centered, God-called, God-focused family, the, the bonds of that family, he says, are actually stronger than blood family. And in our culture, right often the the center of the family or the most important relationship is often a, a marriage relationship and we, we value that and so does God values marriage very much and we see that as the, the core that is the most important relationship. but in Jesus day in Jesus culture, the the most important relationships were blood family. it was that patriarchal family unit that was more important. there's even uh, ancient stories about uh, about men giving up their wives and siding with their family. And that was just normal, okay? And so for Jesus to come in and say that the bonds of the new God-formed, God-centered, God-called community are, more, are stronger than family bonds was crazy. It would have been shocking. Listen to this. this is what Jesus says in Matthew 12. Oh, I think I put it on this slide. Matthew 12 says while Jesus was still talking to the crowd his mother and brothers stood outside wanting to speak to him someone told him your mother and brothers are standing outside wanting to speak to you he replied to him who is my brother who is my mother pointing to his disciples he said here are my mother and my brothers for whoever does the will of my father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother and this would have, we can read this, and maybe many of us have read this many, many times and just kind of like, yeah, that's Jesus. We you know, I don't really think about what he's saying here. But what he's saying was culturally significant. What are you talking about? You're going to reject your mom and your brothers for this group? of ragtag goofballs? Like, this is what you're going to do? right? And, but Jesus, he's, he's certainly not saying that family's unimportant or that marriage is unimportant. That is the opposite of the truth. But what Jesus is creating in this, this new place is a, a, a community that is centered on God, that is reorienting the way they even do relationships, the way of Jesus, right? which is to, to lay down our lives, to give of ourselves, to pursue uh, humility and self-sacrifice and preferring others above ourselves, right? 2,000 years ago, that wasn't the the norm, right? That wasn't what community looked like. People were striving for power and prestige and authority in their own way and their own rights. Can you imagine what that would look like? (laughs) Very similar to, to Thank you, Cameron. <laughs> it's very similar to what we have right now. And so this new community, this Jesus community, is this call to reconfigure how we look at our relationships and how we look at community. And Jesus modeled it. He modeled community in three different ways. We saw him spending time with 120. At least there was 120 that were in the upper room waiting for uh, the, the promised Holy Spirit in Jerusalem after Jesus' resurrection. So he's, we know that he spent time with these large groups, 120, 500, whatever that number is of, of disciples that he would teach on the, on the mountainside. But then there was another group, right? There was the Twelve, and Jesus would walk for hours and days and weeks with the Twelve down you know, streets throughout Palestine, moving from city to city to, to minister to people. And so these people certainly would have been uh, much, had a much more intimate relationship with Jesus. They would have known uh, more uh, about what was going on inside Jesus than the 120 that were taught on the hillside. But then there's also the three. there's Peter, James and John, that Jesus would take on kind of these special trips. I don't, i't seems like that would have been challenging, but it's probably fine. Maybe they all had groups. Uh, you know but Jesus took James, Peter and John up onto the Mount of Transfiguration. And, you know, to, to, to see this, and Peter does his Peter thing. We could talk about that, that later. But there's these three levels of, of relationship that Jesus models for us, that we need the large community gathering. That's what we're doing here, right? And we do community super good in this venue in this level, right? If you hang out here uh, for any amount of time, you'll see that we just have great community, you know, especially around coffee and, and donuts, hang out in, in the family room, right? We love coming together to worship. This morning's worship, I guess I was on the worship team, so I was part of it, but it was so good, all right? Thank, good job, Jamie. Good job, Jesus. Uh, it was so good, and there's there's something about worshiping together, right? That you can't get on your own. It's not the same when you're worshiping by yourself, you know, at home. It's like it's good and we encourage it, go for it, right? But there's something about the the excitement. Jesus or the, the Bible says where two or three are gathered, right? God is there. And right? we know that God is. Uh, omnipresent, so he's everywhere at the same time, but there's something about the gathering together that God shows up in a special way and moves and transforms our hearts as we come together to to listen to the proclamation of the the gospel. Holy Spirit uses that to, to transform us, and that's so good and so important. It's in this community that we begin building relationships, getting to know one another. But we don't want to stop there, right? We don't want to stop on this level, right? There's a a deeper level of intimacy, of relationship, of community that you can't have with 120 people, right? And so that's why we have have smaller groups and we encourage people to, to get together because it's in these smaller groups of 10 or 12 where you can really share what's going on with you and you can really get to know people in a deeper way. And then my life would not be the same. I would not be where I am spiritually or emotionally or just uh, you know, professionally if it wasn't for a couple of people that I know, that I can talk to, that I can share the deepest stuff that's going on in my heart with. Right? We need all three levels of community. But one thing that, that Jesus Knew, and that we'll see that all of the, the New Testament authors knew, was that when you are in community, there is going to be conflict. And it's, it's crazy. And uh, a, a very wise man by the name of Dale Stoll, uh, he's not here this morning, but in his book, Integrated Lives, he said, whenever we get serious about community and accountability, Sooner or later, our imperfections will show. And that is so true. And what do we want to do when we see our imperfections, and especially when we see other people's imperfections? We want to run away. We can get away from that. We don't need that. I, I can be in relationship with every single one of you on a Sunday morning for an hour and a half, and I can pretty much deal with whatever imperfections you may, may have, and it doesn't bother me too much because I'm gone. Right? I'm getting out of here. I can get out of here. I, but when we do real community and what the, the New Testament authors were expecting in community, when you stay in and you've run up against one another, there is going to be challenge. There is going to be difficulty. We looked at uh, Colossians chapter 3, verses, now look at it, verses 12 to 15 last week. This is what Paul says about this new community, how we're supposed to live. Colossians 3, chapter, chapter 3, verse 12. Therefore, is God's chosen people holy and dearly loved, right? We are God's chosen people. We're called into relationship. We're in the body of Christ. We're, We're in, right? You're holy and you're dearly loved. And this is your response. This is how you're to live in this new community. Clothe yourselves with compassion, with kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you, and over all these virtues put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. This is what our new community, our new family, is supposed to look like a family of compassion and kindness and humility. And the expectation of Paul here is that we're going to have to bear with one another. Mm-hmm. All right, we talked about this a little bit last week, that when this stuff comes up, don't run away. Right? Don't escape from community like, oh, there must be something wrong with this community because those persons, that person is annoying me. Right? <laughs> That's not it. You're, if you leave this community and you run to another one, right, you're going to find the same stuff yep. because you're still human and there's still other humans in that community. Right? And it's not a, 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 a godly answer to run away. Well, I'm just going to remove myself. I'm going to become a, a hermit right? out in the desert. It's just going to be me and God. Right? Then I'll have all the patience and kindness and love that I need. Right? Oh, that's, that doesn't count. Right? God said it's not good that we be alone. He's called us into community. Jesus reveals community by living in community with the three, the twelve, and the hundred and twenty. Right? The, the author of Hebrews says, don't forsake the gathering together of, of the body of Christ. Right? All through the epistles, it talks about how we are to one another, one another, love one another, and forgive one another, and bear with one another, and greet one another with a holy kiss. All these one another's can only be done in community. Right? There is no Christianity without community. And Jesus agrees. Yay. Shoot. I'm glad I found one where he agreed. Uh, So he says in John 13, this is just a a few chapters from the the one that we read earlier about the the flock and the shepherd. A new command I give you, he says, to love one another is I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Right? He's ca- calling them into one family, one flock, with one shepherd. And the, the command that's over, the, the, over this new family, this new community, right, is to love one another. Right? And it's not like they had never heard this before. It's not like, here's something brand new. You should love one another. Whoa! That's a great idea. What would that look like if we loved one another? Right? It's, it's not this brand new idea, but it gets to the core of us because we're broken, right? We're selfish. We saw that in Colossians 3 be- before what we just read. We see all the junk that is, con- that is part of the old community, right? Idolatry. And uh, what else does he say here? The, do, do, do. Rid yourselves of anger and rage and malice and slander. Get rid of all this stuff, all this self-serving junk. Learn how to die to yourself, just like I you know, uh, was an example for you, Jesus says. Learn how to die to yourself and put on this new love clothes. Mm-hmm. Put on this new love and let that be the center of your community. Because love isn't just this kind of positive thoughts that we have towards people, right? Like, it's good to, to have that. Like, if you're sitting over here and you have positive thoughts towards somebody that's sitting on the other side of the church, well, that's good. We should start. That's a good place to start, I suppose. But would we, what God, what Christ is calling us to, is to love people. Which means that we get involved in their lives and we bear with them and we forgive them and we do life together. Yeah. Right, that is what we're looking for. Showing kindness and humility. Preferring others before yourself. It demands action. Mm-hmm. And I truly believe that deeper, uh, healthy community, healthy God-formed, God-called, God-created community leads to emotional and spiritual health. We all want that. We all want to be whole. We all want to be healthy emotionally and spiritually. And it's within the the context of community that that happens a lot quicker than when we are by ourselves. When we're in our closet, God can do stuff and we can repent of our junk and we can ask him to transform us and change us. And that is good and important and God works in that. But when we are walking in community and in real relationship with people, the transformation happens so much quicker. Mm -hmm. I'll give you an example. There There was a time where I was very angry at somebody. I know that seems un- I know it seems unlikely, I but I was know. thank you. I was super angry, and and I wanted to, to. I kind of I didn't really want to, but I should have talked to them, right? But I didn't, and so instead of talking to them, I just talked about them. I know nobody else would ever do anything like that, but that's that's what I did, and so I was. But I felt justified. Somehow. I was like, they don't, they're not going to listen to me. You know, they don't care about me. Whatever. I was just talking about them. And then a, a friend of mine who uh, I do life with was like, hey, what you're doing is super unhealthy. You're, you're gossiping. You're bringing division into the, the body of Christ. I'm like, no, no, no. You don't understand this, you don't understand this person. Right? And uh, like, I just I don't like it. And he's like, no, no, no. It's, you no, what you're doing, is just not right. And so, because I knew this guy loved me, I was like, all right, let me think about this. And I brought it before the Lord and immediately knew, yeah, that's my problem. Now, the problem isn't out there, the problem is in me. Right. And so, because he called me on this sin, I, I, I did some introspection. I was like, what am, oh, I'm actually, I'm not mad. I am mad, but I'm mad because I'm angry. Okay, all right, God, well, why am I angry? Oh, it's because I'm not getting my way. And I really like it when I get my way. <laughs> okay, is, all right, so is what that, the other people that offended me, is what they did wrong? No, it's just not how I would do it. And so what do I do? Well, do what Jesus said and die to yourself. Ugh, and that preaches real good. But it's super hard to do, right? Because dying to yourself, so I, I can post it on Facebook or Instagram and it looks good and people think I'm spiritual, right? But to actually die to yourself, to to walk up to somebody and go, "Man, I messed up. I'm wrong," right? I, uh, you know, this is this is what I've been doing. I, I said this about you behind your back or whatever, right? That hurts. And recognizing that. Oh, maybe not everything in life is going to go my way. I'm going to die to myself and submit. But it's in the context of community that we find growth. Because we can look at ourselves in the mirror every single day and go, doing pretty good, (laughs) looking good, I've got everything under control. But sometimes it takes somebody from outside to go, hey, This part of your life is not healthy. This thing's not going well. Let me pray with you. Let me walk with you through this. All right? And so community, this is what community is for, is for our growth, spiritually, emotionally, and even as we talked about last week, even physically, community is vital. And so what are we doing? As I conclude here, what are we doing about it? How are we responding to this call, right, as a, as, as a, as a church here in, in Cass County to, to run into community? Because like I said, we do this really well. We're a welcoming community. People are getting plugged in. I love seeing, oh, I hung out with these people this weekend. We do this really, really well. Right, but as our church grows, as we see new people come, get, get plugged in, right, we want them to know, hey, you're not just welcome to turn up on Sunday mornings, but we want you to be part of our community. Yeah. Right, we want to, to welcome you in. We want to hear what you have to say. Right? We want to help you kind of walk out whatever path God ha- has you on. We want to be part of, of community together. And so we're going to press into, into small groups, and into community groups, and we're going to start this the second week of September. Uh, it's going to be aligning with our sermon series. Um, hang on, I can't... You, you have heard it said. Thank you, Cameron. You have heard it said, and it's a, it's a sermon series based on the, the te- many of the teachings of, of Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount. And So we'll have a uh, teaching on Sunday morning and then during that the midweek we'll get together in, in small groups discussing the the, the, the the topic but we'll also just be gathering together eating food uh, you know doing life together praying for one another sharing with one another what's going on in our lives we did this uh, very effectively in 2018 with the journey to Easter and with the parables um, series they were great and, and well attended I tried something different in 2018. 2019. It didn't work exactly like I wanted to, so we're shifting gears, and we're going back to community groups. Um, and so it's a six-week uh, commitment, but we're our prayer is, our hope is, that these connections that are made during the, the small groups are continued. Right? We're, our prayer is that in the midst of these relationships, you're able to find one, two, or three other people that you can share the, the depths of your heart with, people who can ask you, the tough questions, right? Because community, and I'll end with this, it's not easy. That's right. It takes commitment, right? You might want to come home from work on Tuesday night and watch whatever show. The only show I can think of is The Bachelor. See, I don't know why. <laughs> That's the only one I can think of right now. So you want to come home on Tuesday and you want to watch The Bachelor. Right, But it's a, there's a cost to getting in your car. There's a real cost to putting your kids in a car and driving to the other side of town to do relationship with people right? But it's in that place that I believe you will thrive individually, and the the small group will will grow and thrive, our church community will grow and thrive, and it's in that place where we learn to practice the way of Jesus with other people who love Jesus so that we can go out into the world where people don't always love Jesus, and we can bring these kingdom characteristics of forgiveness, bearing with one another, loving people, and doing life to bear witness of, of jesus in our world so i just encourage you to to take part of that take part of the the small groups and the community groups i was on vacation this last week so we don't have all the dates and details set but that will be coming out this week we'll be getting that that to you but just make it if it if at all possible just go for it six weeks give it a shot and see what happens because you have been invited into this flock and we are super glad that you're here. And if you're here today and you have, you know, you've never become a, a believer in Jesus, you are still kind of on the outside of the flock looking in. Well, I want to tell you today that, that Jesus came to, to die on a cross, to, to bear the, the penalty of our sins, to make a way for us to be restored, to do what we could never do. And if, and if you're here today, this would be a fantastic day to get life, to get yourself, get your life right with Jesus. To, and allow uh, Him to wash you clean. He wants to invite you into the flock. Okay. So let me, I'm just going to pray as we close. Lord Jesus, we love you. And we're so thankful that you would come that you would be born in a manger, that you would live a, a sinless life, that you would die on the cross to bear the penalty of our sins. And Lord, we give you glory today. And Lord, we thank you that you, through your death and your resurrection, through your teachings, you have shown us what, and you've made a way for what this new community can look like. Lord, and I believe that you are saying something in this time, drawing us into deeper community for our sake, for our church's sake, for our community's sake, and for our world's sake. And so I pray, God, that you would just continue your work. Lord, as we have taught about community and the value of it, I pray that you would work in our hearts. That you would make this call to community real in our hearts so that we would overcome whatever barriers are in in our way. Lord, that we could enter into that communion with one another and into deeper communion with you. Lord, we bless you and we give you glory. In your name we pray. Amen.